There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Week 7 may have been the worst set of games in NFL history, but we still watch them. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the guy who obviously applauded the Bengals for passing on Penesuel for Jamar Chase. And with me, as always, is AJ. Football is better than football, Marchese. Uh, absolutely. Do you see that uh, crack of a match today? Westham taking down Man City, four straight Carabao Cubs and went to penalties. Yeah, no. Today, we're breaking down the best and worst rookies from Week 7 in the NFL. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's going to wage your future picks away? Who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Also, join Spotify Green Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform where you can talk to AJ, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. AJ's been breaking down a lot of, would you say, Man U soccer matches? Mm, Manchester United soccer matches, yep. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. Share your own experiences and takes on the app. It's your chance to be featured on your favorite team's podcast. I don't know if that's true. It just it says that. I don't quote uh, me hey, that. Hey, on our Manchester United podcast, where we're breaking down them losing five 0 to Liverpool this this past weekend, um, 
<laughs> we're talking about the Manchester Derby coming out, and, and uh, everyone who wants to talk about the Derby can come and join. No problem. Is that like the Kentucky Derby, or is it yeah. different? No, it's purely uh, they, they run horses around the, the pitch. That's cool. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. And be notified when your favorite hosts go live. Uh, you know who I wish went live this week, KJ? Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, but guess what? He was on a bye week. Why this guy was on the bye? I don't know. Urban Meyer, I hope, kept his fingers to himself this weekend. <laughs> that's that's a big... I think the Jaguars won the bye week just with no new Urban news. Do you think, like, Shad Khan told him he couldn't leave Jacksonville? Yeah, but you can get into a lot of trouble in Jacksonville, too. They're coming off... Last week was their first win, right? Mm, yep. It's all blending together in my head. We're at that yeah, point in the yeah, NFL season. I totally agree. Um, things are trending up. Urban's not doing bad things on his off time, and they won a game. Um, but yeah, no Trevor Lawrence this week, unfortunately. Um, so our first QB on the rookie QB rundown, Zach Wilson, who ended up getting hurt, and he's going to miss a couple weeks. Uh, the Jets had to go to Mike White, who will start again this week against the Bengals, and they traded for Joe Flacco. Lots of fun for Jets fans. What did you see from Zach Wilson before the injury? Yeah, so knowing, obviously, going into the rewatch, I knew Wilson was out. So I also got the Mike White breakdown and breaking down every... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, fuck that. No, I will pay you not to... I don't <laughs> know if kidding. you're kidding, but no, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm completely kidding. But I'll give you a little more Zach Wilson since it was only... Uh, he was only 6 of 10 for 51 yards, no touchdowns, no pick. Uh, right off the bat, I think the story of this game was they couldn't protect him. Uh, Miles Bryant sacked him on the opening drive off the, off the DB blitz. I think, congrats, man. I think the first two uh, series, speaking of hits, I think got pressure like on every drop back pretty much. Uh, Did make a nice play under pressure, avoiding a sack, and like just a little shovel underhand throw to Ty Johnson, made a play, picked up the first down. Next set of down, like I'm really breaking this down because there wasn't too much here. Next set of downs had a quick screen, like just dumped over defender again. Lots of defenders in his face. Uh, To guess who showed up, uh, I'll mention more later because I'm making contact uh, content. Elijah Moore broke a tackle, picked up the first. Was a nice play from him. Um, next first down, they can, or next next third down, converted easy throw to Ty Johnson. Um, and then the next one was shit. He threw it to like Elijah Moore again, but he was covered and short of the sticks. I don't know why he threw it. Um, there was a couple nice plays before he got knocked out of the game. Well, one like right before, made a dude miss. Uh, uh, okay, no, sorry. This this is the one where I think he got hurt. Sorry. Uh, made a dude miss, right? Got hit low as he was throwing the ball away. Probably should have been a flag. It was like on the sideline. His leg planted. He got twisted weird. He stayed in the game at that point. And then the, the very next play, he extended the play, rolled to his left, made a really nice throw on the sideline to get the first down. And like, okay, are we turning around? And then right after that, three plays in a row, uh, it was the one that knocked him out. Um, so I think it was a combo of the two hits. This time he just got crunched from behind when, when trying to unload it deep. Uh, actually got the plat- pass interference and got down to like the five yard line, but Judon just kind of brought him down funny from behind. Like his whole body weight kind of just went right on his knees. It was really awkward. And I think it was the combo of the two hits um, that, that really knocked him out. And that first one, I don't know with, with all the ticky tech, like, you know, the soft rough in the passer calls we've seen over the years. I, I felt like that should have been a flag, but regardless to summarize as, an, as a whole, not, not nothing to really um, write home about a lot of pressure. Uh, four point seven yards per target on the on his eleven dropbacks, five point one yards per attempt. It was really trying to be more of the same from Zach Wilson before the injury. Um, but we saw one nice play, and that's about it. 
How worried should Jets fans be? Not even, obviously, this performance was, yeah, I mean, kind of a throwaway performance yeah. just because there wasn't enough there. But how should, how worried should they be about the Jets' offensive line, keeping Zach Wilson protected um, in, in kind of building that confidence for him going forward? I mean, on our mock draft show yesterday, we, uh, we mocked the, the Jets' and offensive line in the first round. Yeah, and I feel a lot better about that today because I actually didn't watch the game until today. And, like, the, the rest of the way, I felt like the offensive line was a little bit better. They settled into the game, but not really anything to uh, to get excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be well, I'd be worried. I don't know. I don't think we've seen anything from Zach Wilson to really make you feel like he's starting NFL quarterback. Like, no. gl- glimpses of, of, you know, of flashes. Glimpses of flashes, Rob, but... Other than that, uh, uh, I'm, I'm worried. Uh, no Trey Lance this week who um, was injured. Uh, Jimmy G returned to the starting lineup. I'm sus- uh, Jimmy G didn't play well in that Sunday nighter, but it was a bit of a monsoon. That's um, a washout. Ass- yeah, I'm assuming he'll be starting even once Lance is healthy. But hopefully we do see a little bit more Trey Lance soon. Uh, I'm hoping by like week 13 he's just named the starter but well especially with the san francisco 49ers season not going as uh planned you know yeah that loss to the colts was a really big i don't think this this team's gonna make much of a playoff push moment uh yeah totally agree um but justin fields did play um i gave you my son last week i took him back this week uh it wasn't great aj it wasn't (laughs) great uh, they lost 38-3 to the Buccaneers. It was never a game. Um, Fields, this I, I think prior to this game, you never felt necessarily that their, the bus potential was there for Justin Fields because you more could blame the staff and the play calling, which I think still needs a lot of blame, but... This performance was a little more scary. I think he, if like you look at the box score, it looks worse than it was. Um, I, I guess I'll just go through it. I, 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 <laughs> I have a note for every drive. He finished with 184 passing yards, threw three picks, had eight carries for 38 yards. Um, mo- like he ended up going 22 of 32. Most of his completions came when they were down by a lot already, and it was a lot of. Flats throws to tight ends and dump offs to running backs or schemed like swing reps to uh, Marquise Goodwin. Like there wasn't a ton, a ton. I, I've noted his most impressive throws, but here, just listen to this. First quarter, first drop back, strip sacked, but he recovered it. They ended up punting. Second drive, third and eight, Cole Komet drops it. So they punt. So, so at this point, they're down uh, 14 nothing. Uh, third drive, huge pump fake, and he scrambles. Uh, and it's starting to look good. He hucks it deep. Allen Robinson falls down. It goes right into the safety's belly, picked off. Fourth drive, third and five, strip sacked. This time they lose it. First quarter ends. They're down 21 nothing. He's fumbled twice, lost one, and thrown a pick. Second quarter begins. Fifth drive of the game, Darnell Mooney. Third and two, drop, punt. Sixth drive, strip sacked, lost it. 
Seventh drive. Jump ball on third and goal. They had a big kick return and a couple nice Khalil Herbert runs. More on him later. That got them into scoring range. And on a third and goal jump ball, he uh, or third and goal um, kind of left sideline, Jesper Horstead on a one-on-one. The king. Throws a 50-50 ball off Horstead's fingertips in the end zone. Um, they kick a field goal. Eighth drive. Fourth, uh, fourth and four, he's sacked. Uh, they end up going to half down 35-3. Um, I really didn't respect the choice to kick a field goal down 28 nothing, but whatever. Points on the and board. Had, yeah, exactly. Second half begins. Third quarter. Tenth drive of the game. He he has a, a play action play action like uh drop drop back. Hits Darnell Mooney on a deep crosser. Looks like a potential scoring drive. They're moving down, but uh kind of I think around the Bucks thirty. He throws a bit high on a curl to Mooney. It goes off Mooney's fingers and it's picked. And that was their only drive of the third quarter. <laughs> Fourth quarter begins. Eleventh drive. Uh, from their old own goal line because their defense got a fourth and goal stop. So, uh, so the first first play from the their own goal line, one-yard run by Herbert. Second play, he goes deep to Allen Robinson, who is open. Has a step on uh, Pierre Desir, uh, but he underthrows it, and it's picked. So that, mm-hmm. that pick really stood out to me because he did have Allen Robinson deep, and he, he just didn't put a lay it out there for, far enough for Robinson to make a play. Whereas the other, the other two interceptions weren't totally on him. Twelfth uh, drive puts a nice intermediate ball over to middle to commit between a safety and a linebacker. Um, so that and the Mooney throw on the play action were his best two throws. But then he strip sacked, but he recovers it. But they have to punt. He's really good at recovering fumbles. He is. He fumbled four times in this. Recovered two. That's fifty percent of the time. So he's, reco- he's recovered a lot of fumbles already of his yeah, own. Yeah. 13th drive, rips a high ball down the seam to Goodwin too high off his finger fingers. Uh, and then after that, they just like kind of ran the clock out themselves. <laughs> to lose. And that was the whole game. That was Justin Fields' game. So the play calling was really vanilla. It was a lot of gun. There was very few play action passes. That Mooney one was really one of like four or five i think most of it was play action gun or sorry most of it was um just uh like spread out gun uh single back and not nothing really aggressive downfield um like zero i think they called one qb draw as a design run so his other seven carries were scrambles um and like yeah the play calling was just so bland and boring and they were down by so much so early it felt like they just waved the white flag and like, but at the same time, they're down by so much. I wanted them to just like, fuck, fuck it. it. Let's see yeah. what Justin Fields has, and they didn't because it feels like Matt Nagy cares more about his job than develop. Which, not shocking, but cares more about his job than developing Justin Fields and seeing what he has in Justin Fields. So the the game is horrible to watch. It was really fast though. It went by quick. <laughs> um, I'll say a couple things here. Uh, one, I obviously I already think Matt Nagy shouldn't be back, but um, if you're gonna point to one game. I would point to this one because you're going to Tampa Bay. You already assume you don't really have a chance. Their secondary is banged up. Why go with this vanilla bullshit offense rather than trying to make some plays downfield? I don't know. All I wanted was more play-action deep throws, like intermediate and deep throws, because that's what we've seen the best of Justin Fields this year. 
and they just refuse to do that. And again, they really, really rarely mix in uh, designed runs. They don't take advantage of him as a running threat to open up their own run game. It just sucks. So I actually, from Daniel Jeremiah, I got a, I got a little stat on his play action usage here. Uh, so they've only ran play action about like 25% of dropbacks. Uh, on those plays, Fields is completed around 65%, uh, 7.6 yards per attempt, one touchdown, and a 99 uh, passer rating. On all other plays, aka no play action, um, he's 54.5%, 5.8 yards per attempt, one touchdown, six interceptions, and a passer rating of 49.7. Yeah. Fun. A lot of yeah. fun happening in Chicago. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get rid of Matt Nagy. I I'm I'll be shocked if Matt Nagy's still the head coach in four weeks. But like God, they could be ruining Justin Fields. I don't know. And like Allen Robinson's such a non-factor. And yeah, like we've seen good things from Darnell Mooney. And like Cole Komet looks like he'll be a solid starting tight end. Oh, by the way, the offensive line was horrible. Like yeah. the strip sacks. Like he has to do a better job. Uh, protecting the football, but fucking Shaq Barrett was eating their offensive line alive. Like, that's the only thing I could point to towards, like, not wanting to try to push it downfield because you know that offensive line is not going to be able to protect fields. But that being said, even with this vanilla bullshit passing attack, they're not going to protect him anyways. Mm-hmm. No, it was like JPP, Shaq Barrett, they blitzed Antoine Winfield Jr. one time, or a couple times, I should say. And, like, they were just, they were beating up on him. And like they 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 because they were up by so much like they didn't care about having to stop the run so it was just like don't let Justin <laughs> Fields do anything and the Bears were like yeah let's agree to not let him do anything. I really don't get not running him more especially when Nagy is coaching for his job. I don't know it's uh, it makes me sick. Tell us about Mac Jones. I don't want to think about this anymore. It's, it's gonna make you sick too, buddy. Uh, from bad play calling to good play calling, uh, like Josh McDaniels. It's been pretty much in his bag, man. I like you look at Mac Jones' numbers, you look at his performances. To me, it's way more about Josh McDaniels. Like it was still a lot of screens, a lot of play action. I, I don't have his play action percentage, but heavy play action. Um, and it was just way too easy for the Patriots on Sunday. Um, like I think this game was fourteen nothing before Mac completed a pass more than like a yard downfield. So, so, so there wasn't too much really to uh, to put him under scrutiny here, but. Um, he didn't nearly throw a pick early in the game. Um, then, like, the next snap, he found Jonu wide open uh, off of play action. That was a theme here. Um, you know, I, I saw some nice stuff where, like, he, he got the Jets to, hard, uh, to, to jump on a hard count on a third and two. That's, like, the next maybe the, the next little step for him before, like, the deep ball comes down. Like, that would be nice to see, like, in this evolution of whatever the hell Mac, Mac Wilson is right now. Uh, Mac Wilson. Mac Jones is right now. Um then he missed like Henry kind of wide open on a third and five. It doesn't matter. They got the field goal. That's seventeen nothing. Um, so not only just heavy play action, they're also running a lot of draw plays. And, and this week, the draws are just coming so easily because the Jets didn't know whether they're running or throwing it, and it's just working so well. And I think just in general, Mac just knows where to go with the football. He gets the ball out of his hands quick. He's throwing with good timing. He's composed and he makes a, like a catchable ball. I don't think like. You know, it's anything extremely impressive. It's just that he's a rookie, and doing all this as a rookie is fairly impressive. But really, I'm really impressed with with McDaniel's. I know they're not winning a shit ton of games, but they did just put up 50 points on the Jets. Um, but yeah, the first touchdown, well designed play. Just Brandon Bolden on a misdirection kind of screeny play. He he took it in. Um, 
hit, hit like a couple nice. I like I like the touch. I've seen some nice touch throws from him. Um, nice touch throw on that same drive, but before the touchdown, uh, picked up a third and ten with his legs, which I think you got to give him some credit for. But they're still not really big time throws, and he's not completing anything downfield. He did like on his last throw of the game. Uh, hit a wide open Kendrick Bourne downfield, and uh, he got tackled to one. And then from there on, it was Brian Hoyer time. I don't know. Like <laughs> like the second touchdown, he just led Henry in the end zone uh, before he was open, which I guess you can give him some credit. But like he could have waited and made it like a really easy throw for Henry, but Henry had to make like a really nice juggling one head to catch. And then like I don't know, just a lot of dump offs from the running back. Brandon Bolden was their leading receiver. I don't know. It's, it's they're playing. You know, it's working. He's playing well, but it's not like there's this weird dichotomy between the way that the media is is pumping Mac Jones up and where he, what he's really doing. And I think like he's playing well. He's playing well, but it's 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 not it, a lot of impressive throws. Is part part of it too? I would think is Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, yeah. Justin Fields. All three of them have really shown us nothing to this point. None of them. Zach Wilson, the Titans game for a bit, had had some moments. Justin Fields had a couple of moments. Yeah. Um, but the three of them have really struggled. Davis Mills, uh, I don't even include him in this conversation. Uh, and even Trevor Trevor Lawrence has had a, a couple goofy games, whereas yeah. Mac Jones has consistently been like, I don't know, consistent. Okay, like. <laughs> He, he he doesn't look like a quarterback who's going to necessarily put the team on his back and carry you, but he has also not been the quarterback who's losing you games the way pretty much the other four have all at, at one point um, done. He just doesn't really turn the ball over because he doesn't take risks. And again, the other thing being um, outside of like Trey Lance is a really small sample size, but uh, the uh, the other guys all have worse play callers than uh, Mac Jones, obviously, because he has Josh McDaniels, who yeah. has been considered one of the most consistent and, and probably a top ten play caller in the league for a decade. So I don't know. There's there's a couple factors. There's uh, um, there's a system in New England that has worked, and Mac Jones has stepped in and been a, a, a very good game manager as a rookie I, like the if anyone is arguing him for rookie of the year well at this point when you have things like yeah. jamar chase and kyle pitts are doing yeah just because he's a quarterback like that's ridiculous yeah. but i think if you're a patriots fan you you're feeling okay right now about it especially when you see these other rookie quarterbacks no i totally agree but like it almost does feel like it's a lesser extent of peak jared goff where you know it's you know, Sean McVay and like the, the crossing routes off flash or what, like, you know what I mean? It's a lot of just really well-designed football. And like, I think Mac Jones can, can be that for a long time in his career, but like, I don't know how high the, the peak is going to get for, for Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, like the, he, he looks like he's got the ability to be a top 20 quarterback, but never top 10. Yeah, no, I, that's it's, fair? It's and like, he's it. not, He's not top 20 yet. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL now. And speaking of, we got Davis Mills. Nice transition. <laughs> taking on the mighty Arizona Cardinals. And uh, I don't know why you're the only one that gets impressive performance from Davis Mills. Because this was like an all-time nothing performance from an NFL quarterback. He could have been not on the field and nothing. But they could have played they could have had no quarterback. And this would not have changed. Uh, just, just to put it out there. Average depth of target was 4.7 yards. Yards per attempt was 4.2 yards. 
This was uh, a nothing performance. He was 22 of 32. Didn't feel it for 135 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, sacked a couple times. I don't have a lot to say because it was fucking nothing. Like, the two most notable throws of the day uh, was right after the safety, the first one. Uh, ran play action, hit his drop, just ripped one over the middle of the field to Nico Collins. Uh, he was wide open, but it was a nice rhythm play. Um, had another nice throw, 18 yards to Brandon Cooks on the sideline. Just a nice arc. Nice arc rolling to the left a little bit. Off play action, off a little play action. Um, and then the very next play for that, he did get strip sacked. But I swear... The, the rest of his 22 completions were just dump-offs, and, like, he took a few other bad sacks. That being said, the Texas offensive line is a disaster. Um, he wasn't doing them any favors at times. It's it's a it's, it's a give and take there, I think. Uh, but for the most part, I don't know. Like, he does a good job of getting the ball out of his hands like Mac does, but not to a, to a way shittier extent. Uh, quick and in rhythm when he's working. He's fairly composed. I don't know. There's just there's just nothing going right now. There's, there's no yak. There's no yak built in this offense. Uh, no one makes a play for him. Brandon uh, Cooks makes plays. Yeah, but like, but now he's mad because they traded Mark Ingram, which is kind of weird because I don't know what he thought this that, where he thought this was going. But anyways, um, end of the game. I, I, the very last play of his of his day. Uh, I thought he had a pretty nice throw under pressure. Fourth and five. Uh, kind of lofted it up on, on on an out to Danny Amendola, but he's ancient and he just couldn't get to the ball, and that was kind of that's kind of it. Yeah, Cooks is good. I mean, sure he is, and hopefully Nico Collins comes on. He had to, I'm not going to mention him anywhere else. Had a couple catches. Had that one I mentioned. Had a drop too, but um, I don't know. It's it's such a it was a, such a nothing performance. You you got so blessed by all the good rookies this week, and I had to slog through this. I had to watch Justin Fields get destroyed. It wasn't a good week for me. Yeah, but I, I had it on too. So. <laughs> oh, so that 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 must have been fun for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. For God, I hope I hope uh, week eight brings us better football games. Lawrence against the Seahawks. I get to watch it. Uh, I'm kind of excited because the Seahawks suck. So at least I get to enjoy it if if they're giving up points. Yeah. So we we'll end up having. Um, Lawrence against the Seahawks, Fields against the Niners, but likely no Trey Lance. Mm. Um, no Zach Wilson now against the Bengals. So Mike White against Joe Burrow, though. <laughs> Mills Mafia against the Rams. Mac oh, Jones versus the Chargers. I think that'll be a nice test to see can he win meaningful football games? Especially when you see the the contrast between him and Justin Herbert's style, I think yeah. it'd be really enjoyable. Yeah. It, it's crazy how many buys we had last week, and this week we just have the Raiders and the Ravens. Oh, I didn't realize that. It's funny. Yeah. It is, isn't it? I'm laughing, Rob. And your Seahawks get next week. Uh, glad the one week my Steelers don't play where I can just enjoy football is the worst fucking week we've had. Uh, but a highlight of the week for me comes uh, with my Rookie of the Week performance, which ended up being just the offensive player, AFC Offensive Player of the Week performance um, because Jamar Chase was un- unstoppable against the Baltimore Ravens. Ten targets, eight catches, 201 yards, and a touchdown. Um, the one that I think stood out the most to me was, so this was a close game um, in, deep into the third quarter. Like, it was a three-point game. Like, this was the best game of the day until the Bengals ended up running away with it. Yeah. Because it was two potential playoff teams going head-to-head. Um, Burrow drops back, third and two. Uh, 
Jamar Chase is already having a day, but he runs a, a, a quick slant. The ball's even a little behind him. Like, it wasn't super on time. He reaches back, grabs it, breaks a tackle, breaks another tackle, spins out, and he just houses it. Uh, like, it was would have been like 82 yards-ish. And it was just ridiculous. And in that moment, it immediately reminded me of like what Odell Beckham did at his peak, like his ability to break any slant for a house call. Yeah. Um. The the kind of ability we used to always people used to always say about Jerry Rice, like Jerry Rice could turn anything into a touchdown. Um. But that one was unbelievable. Uh. Then on on top of that, um. He he like a- after every catch, it felt like he was breaking tackles. Uh. Just before the half, they were tied ten ten. And he, uh, it, they were just past the Ravens' fifty, and he he just ran in, and just instead of it being like a ten yard gain or whatever, he he like he put Marlon Humphrey, like he he created separation with an outside stem as he ate the cushion, broke in, caught the ball, outran Marlon Humphrey and turned what like looked like it should have been like a ten yard gain to like a twenty five yard gain, um. And it's just, it, it's really like, it's the special plays like that slant that stand at the most, that the house call on the slant. But it's also these little plays where instead of it being a 10-year gain, he turns it into a 15-year gain or a 20-year gain or wh- whatever it is. It's just, he's such an electric player already. Yeah. And he's just bouncing off tackles. And, and, and that's not even to mention, there was a couple times where he, he would cook the DB and the ball wouldn't go his way. Like he, he not to say he's not getting a ton of targets because he got ten, uh, but he's he's like becoming a top ten wide receiver in the league immediately. Yeah, what he is doing is insane. Like it, it it's on par with Odell Beckham's ridiculous rookie year. I think, and, and I think I saw a stat that every game this year he's either had seventy five or more receiving yards or a, a touchdown. Like he's just be Mister Consistent Star Playmaker. And um, he's on pace for, like, a ridiculous amount of yards. I forget. I did the math earlier this week, but now I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he's on pace for, like, 1,800 yards. That's, he's, that's like he's second, he's second in the league behind only only Cooper Cup uh, in receiving yards. And he has 21 less catches than Cooper Cup. He's averaging 21.5 yards per catch, I think- which – is, is the most among wide receivers with double-digit catches. I also think Cooper uh, Cup's on pace to break the receiving yards record. He, he is. Uh, that so extra game, baby. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Jamar Chase is absolutely everything that everyone thought he was going to be, maybe more, after his sophomore year at LSU. I love the fact that we all look ridiculous for being like the Bengals should take Panay Sewell uh, over Jamar Chase because hand up. I definitely said yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Me too. And hey, guess what? They t- it looks like they took the right guy. And, hey, Joe Burrow is also looking really great. Like, I know Joe Burrow has his physical shortcomings in, term of, in terms of arm strength, but his chemistry with Chase is un- unbelievable. He reads his defense so quickly. He's thriving on these on the quick game, which, again, Chase can do so much in. And those ISO routes where he gets Chase one-on-one, he like they're just always on the same page. Jamar Chase is... I, at this point, like, I don't see any way he doesn't end up rookie of the year. Like, he's going to have 1,000 yards by week 10. <laughs> um, okay. So, yes, we are the idiot for uh, 
saying that Sewell should have been the pick. We obviously egg on our face there. But I don't think either of us bought into that preseason Jamar Chase is a bust talk. So I think we got to no, give ourselves a bit of a thing. No, yes, no. we got to give ourselves look. A lot of people did. We got to pat we, ourselves on the back for that. At least we both had him as obvious top ten player in the class. But still, yes. still AJ. You, I mean, someone I saw made the point on Twitter. They're like, funny that the guy who was clearly the best receiver on the LSU national championship team that also had a generational rookie year yeah. receiver in Justin Jefferson. Funny that he's better than him in the NFL. It's like, fuck, yeah, you, you know what? Sometimes it is simple, AJ. Yeah. yeah. But also, respect that Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are top 10 receiving yards right now. It's pretty wild, yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're I don't develop those receivers. <laughs> that, that was the whole point. No, you're right. Um is there okay? Let's talk a little. Okay, look. I, I know felt, your pick is also Jamar Chase for rookie of the week because you're a coward. Yeah, so a, that's what look, I'm. I'm both but, a coward you know, and I know one gi- else. Yeah. It gives us. It also gives us more opportunity to spend more time on him because what he's doing is unbelievable in this game. It was on the road. The yeah. Bengals don't go into Baltimore and win. Zach Taylor doesn't go into Baltimore and win. <laughs> Fucking Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow just did. This is a different Bengals team. It, it has a different vibe, and it's not even just like Chase. In defense Burrow, is playing well, man. The defense is playing well. CJ Uzama keeps running wide open. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe Mixon, they, they didn't run the ball a ton, a ton until, until the second half, but Joe Mixon looked great. Samaj P. Ryan, it's the <laughs> Oklahoma running back duo. They're back. The Bengals have the secret. You just get college teammates together, and they thrive. The offensive line played a, a very good game, too. Like, the Baltimore Ravens defense I don't think is very good. That That's an interesting conversation, but a conversation for another time. Um, okay. Two, two, two things here. Is there anything that Chase isn't doing phenomenally right now? Like, even the route running, I think, from watching him, has been great. Yeah, like, I, I was just focusing on him a, a, a lot throughout the yeah. game. And, like, his his release, like, he, he's he got, like, a Devontae Adams-esque just ridiculous release repertoire. Like, not necessarily to that level, because Devontae Adams is the best in the game at that. Yeah. But, like... Similar body that, types, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in terms of like not power forward receivers, but well built six one ish receivers. Yeah, yeah, stout for their yeah. Um, but yeah, like that the the route running, the release, the yak, the like the ability to just fucking turn anything into a touchdown. I don't know. He's so electric. One other thing I want to ask you: uh, How much credit does Zach Taylor deserve? How much is he doing? I have no idea. I still, I still not even sure what Zach Taylor sounds like. I can't speak on Zach Taylor. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he's basically like if you like printed a picture of Sean McVay ten thousand times and the ink is running low and the last image is Zach Taylor. I'm pretty sure that's what he looks like. That sounds about right. Okay, do you want to get defensive rookie of the week? Yeah. So in a week full of absolute blowouts across the board in the NFL. Uh, I didn't have a star, uh, so I wanted to give someone credit for being the only player on a defense that he did not roll over and die in a blowout. Uh, he's been more down than up, and I want to give credit to Nick Bolton because <clears throat> he had 15 tackles and four TFLs. But weren't their linebackers horrible in that game, though? I'll get there in a sec. He wasn't. Okay. He was bad. He's bad against the pass, but I'll get there in a second. Uh, <laughs> but they played a much, much more at Mike this week and i think it paid off in the run and yeah like i said it was derrick henry and the titans both have 15 tackles four tfls you can't regardless you can't you can't smug at four tfls 
Derrick Henry only had three point yards per carry. And I mean, uh, 3.0, I should say. And yeah, I mean, they didn't need to rely on him, but Nick Bolton was still a huge reason why that he wasn't getting uh, too much going on the ground. And it was just for him, zero hesitation trigger downhill. And I think what you got to do against Derrick Henry, but it's easier than said than done, uh, stopping him before he gets started. Uh, one of the TFLs came at the goal line. They, they almost like he had a bunch of T- all four TFLs kind of looked identical, where he's just finding the hole, triggering downfield, getting to Henry before he's really moving. Um, made it made a few tackles on short throws too. He played like an outstanding game uh, for everything that was in front of him. Um, still a pretty big mess in coverage. Still a pretty big mess. Uh, PFF had him giving up five catches on six targets for forty eight. I, I think even like the updated numbers might have been worse, but regardless, he needs to do better. Um, but that being said, no one on this Chiefs defense is really showing up at all. So to put this kind of performance in against Derrick Henry in a game that felt like it was over quickly, he deserves some props. And he's got to figure out the, the pass coverage, but the whole defense does. My main takeaway here is like you just didn't really have a ton of options. No, but I mean, that's still like four TFLs against Derrick Henry. I think that's, that's still yeah. something to give him credit for. Yeah, it's Brandon Spikes. Noted. <laughs> Love that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, I'd like. I was just blessed this week. Thank you, football gods. The week sucked, but I got all the good rookies. Uh, my defensive rookie of the week is Aziz Ojolari, mm-hmm. um, which I'll talk about the rookie he killed uh, in a bit. But uh, Ojolari was unbelievable, especially in the second half. The the, the game was five three for most of the <laughs> for, for a good chunk of the game. It was electric. You know, it's a bad Sunday when we got multiple safeties going on. Mm-hmm. It was 5-3 for a good chunk of the game, but then the Giants started to run away with it. And when they got up and it was clear the, the Panthers would have to throw, Aziz Ojolari really pinned his ears back. And I, I, it felt like they were playing him more, too. And he went to town on Brady Christensen. It, was, it wasn't like he was using a, um, like a bunch of different pass rush moves. It was consistently just speed dip rip speed dip rip and brady christensen could not compete with his athleticism and his bend around the corner um there there was uh a series where it was i think second and 10 beats him causes an incompletion it felt like the exact same play happened again but this time he got the sack on the very next play forced a punt and then to end the game he had another rip a dip sack um on a fourth down that closed out the game. He had a handful of other pressures too. Again, a lot of rip and dip. Uh, he had a big TFL in the run game earlier in the game too. He finished with five tackles, two and a half sacks, a TFL, four quarterback hits on 67% of the snaps. Um, but yeah, he looks like he could become a premier. Um, you know who he was giving me vibes of? Whom? Elvis Doomerville. That's, that's really specific. He had a great career. He did. An undersized pass rusher who began his career more predominantly as a situational guy Mm -hmm. and then kind of exploded in between his, I mean, Denver and Baltimore. Like, he had had over 100 career sacks. Like, but, uh, yeah, just the the, the intensity Ojolari plays with and that that ridiculous explosiveness and ability to run the arc, um, he looks like a premier pass rusher in the making Ojolari's not getting enough credit for the start he isn't he isn't he has he has five and a half sacks right now like funny enough he's on pace he's on pace for over 12 sacks funny enough I got another um rookie defensive lineman from the SEC that I'm going to name later that also isn't getting enough credit also just 
because you mentioned that. Like, fucking Ojolari was on that Georgia defense that last year that looks like it's the greatest defense of all time. Like, that's so ridiculous. Imagine if he, if he was still on that defense. The Just, ugh. It's, it's, it's wild. Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart's a wild boy. Um, okay, who's your wor- I'll just transition. My worst rookie was Brady Christensen. Good transition. He played left tackle this week, played every snap. They kept Taylor Moten at right tackle. Which I, I think is the call. Like, leave Taylor Moten alone. Let him be a good yeah. right tackle. Yeah. Uh, Brady Christensen got his lunch eaten. And it wasn't just, like, oh, like it was Ojolari a lot, but, like, Leonard Williams was just blowing him back. The combo of Ojolari, Ojolari's speed and bend and Leonard Williams' power, just Christensen didn't know what to do, and he was just on skates. His base was a fucking mess. And in, in the run game, too, he, he like, was not... Um, not uh maintaining blocks whatsoever and there was one time where leonard williams got him and it for a sack where it it it, what like christensen just seemed like he didn't know that it was a slide protection and didn't slide but the rest of the line slid and and, and leonard williams just went through yeah like sam darnold didn't play well pj walker didn't play well but brady christensen and that offensive line looked ridiculously bad um i i it's just he was so bad that like, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do with him. Like, I don't know if... Like, this was one of the worst offensive linemen... Per, rookie offensive linemen performance of the season, if not the worst. Uh, you draft Charles Cross and kick Christensen to guard, I guess. And he'll be, he'll be 30 next year, too. Throw that <laughs> in there. Um, okay, my worst rookie. I didn't have any highs. I didn't have any true lows. So I said Davis Mills for fucking making me sit through that absolutely nothing performance Rob. see even even i got the worst of the i got the best it's like even you, when you, you get got the, the bad content. like yeah yeah i was gonna say even when you get the horrible ones it's, it's just like yeah. yeah and it helped too that i got christians doing this against a rookie so i got double content yeah you're the only person who uh got lucky this week i think yeah don't uh, it's really nice when you do have the rookie rookie matchup though so you can just really yeah. focus on that when watching the games um primetime star yeah, um, I don't know about you, but I don't think there's anyone that was uh, abundantly a stud. But I think quietly there was. Okay, I wonder if we have the same guy then, because I got a quiet performance too. But uh, I, I'm going to Patrick Sertan, who yeah, yeah. Yep. just never—he's never in bad coverage. He's just so balanced. He, he's so calm. Yeah, go ahead. He's having <laughs> a quiet rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year campaign because teams just don't go at him it feels like a lot of the time be, because there's easier ways to attack that yeah. defense and like yeah it was case keenum um and, and yeah they just kind of ran it down the brown or the broncos throat but like he he played every snap once again he gave up next to nothing he broke up two balls he's just yeah. always in perfect positioning yeah like he is he's been everything you expected him to be like the prototypical nfl ready long press man corner like i th- I saw a stat that he's like he's given up like six catches this year or something silly uh i'll, I'll give you two pff stuff uh he's been in coverage for 211 snaps he's given up zero completions over 20 yards that's very impressive for for any player but especially for a rookie uh in man coverage 79 snaps zero touchdowns allowed that is the second most snaps without allowing a touchdown among all cornerbacks this year like he's having he's having a legit Pro bullish campaign here. Since we've started doing the podcast, I, I don't think any rookie corner has been as good to start their career as he no, is. 
he hasn't had a negative performance and for the most part he's quietly having great performances and i feel like we're always he might have been rookie of the week one time yeah but like i don't know it's just it's so quiet and um like but what again it should, that shouldn't take away from how good he has been it's also so impressive that he didn't start the year as corner one and he just worked his way to this to, in a secondary that looked really talented on paper started the year well and then this defense kind of just started to crumble but but he's um, still playing well but he's been the best player on that defense uh, totally um okay sorry one second i want to see uh what the schedule is because i want to see who i really want a big prime time star moment you know this coming week um rondell moore how about rondell moore against the packers calling your shot that's uh is that thursday yeah yeah, call my shot. Here, I was gonna, I was gonna mention Rondell as like just um an aside later, but I'll, I'll, I'll just say, I'll call my shot here now. Um, they're not getting the ball enough. I, I'm gonna say it. I know that that offense is clicking on all cylinders and they're spreading it around more, but every time Rondell Moore touches the ball, uh, he is just so much fun, and I, I just want to see them get him the ball a little bit more. So I had him for rookie who flashed, and they didn't really get him the ball, but like. It was Houston, but they were tied like halfway through the second quarter. So like, I, I want to see him get more involved. And yes, they have all these other weapon, weapons, and Zach Ertz is coming in and looking good too. Um, but get more creative with Rondale Moore. I, I don't know. I want to. So against the Packers, yes, they're shorthanded with with those wide receivers out. I want to see. Uh, I want to see Rondale Moore get some get some good touches. It's pretty wild that through seven uh, weeks, the Cardinals have three receivers with over four hundred yards. Yeah. And a fourth in Rondell Moore with over 300. And it it feels like if Rondell Moore was on a different roster, he'd be having, not not to the level of a Jamar Chase, but he'd be having one of the best offensive rookie years. Yeah, no, to- absolutely. And, I mean, he's found a good home, though, because they, like, when they do get him going, they're using him really fun. And he's got mm-hmm. a really good chemistry with Kyler Murray. But I just want to see more of it. Pay my man Christian Kirk someone. Yeah, no, for sure. He's been he's been great this year too. Who's your uh, who who you calling the shot for? For uh, primetime, ne- yeah, next week. Christian Darasaw against the Cowboys. I like that. That's a lot of fun. Maybe hopefully hopefully gets to see Parsons. Uh, we we also we also, him. we also get both our defensive rookie of the weeks this week on Monday Night Football. Aziz and uh, Nick Bolton. Exciting stuff. And Dante Pettis. Uh, <laughs> underwhelming performance. Uh, I'll go with Adafi away who. That it was really the Ravens' defense as a whole, but we've gotten so used to away making splash yeah. plays, and he was just invisible. The Bengals' offensive line did a really good job again. Um, Riley Reef kind of just moved him around in the run game, and they did. Joe Burrow's getting the ball out of his hand so quickly, and they're really utilizing, uh, like just getting Jamar Chase ISO and making making that easier on that offensive line, I guess. Um, but yeah, I thought that was underwhelming and Chuba Hubbard, who I think people were starting to like, feel like could be maybe more, um, because he's getting so many touches and putting up a lot of yards in recent weeks. Um, but he just, he could not break a tackle against Mm -hmm. the giants. Uh, that now the, the offensive line was terrible. I said that already. And he looks like he's, he's going to be a good backup running back. I just don't, I don't want to jump the gun and, and say like, this guy could, be a consistent starter in the league. I think he he's a a worthwhile backup. He, he looked good. Um, he had one drop, but like they they're doing a good job getting him the ball as a pass catcher in space. But 
I think he's found a really good home. You know, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy and they can, the Panthers can learn not to give a hundred percent of the snaps to McCaffrey. If it if it can be more of a a sixty forty split to keep McCaffrey healthy, I think this will be a, a good fit for it. Yeah, I'll no, be- I agree with you. Uh, I'll give you one name who might be the best rookie guard so far. So I think that's why expectations are high. Uh, I think I kind of mentioned him last week for underwhelming with Creed Humphrey, his 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 running mate here. Uh, but consider all things considered, Humphrey looked kind of fine on that offensive line. But the rest of the offensive line was bad. But specifically, Trey Smith really struggled against the Titans. Uh, the offensive line as a whole gave up a fucking shit ton of pressure. Honestly, PFF said 31. I wasn't sure if that was a misprint because that seemed like way too much. But watching the game, it, it almost seems right. So I, I don't even know. Four sacks, nine QB hits. It was a abject disaster for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. I, I honestly don't. But Trey Smith alone uh, allowed five pressures himself, two sacks. That was both worst of the group um, in, bo- in both stats. Uh, and running the ball wasn't really a thing for Casey in this game because they got behind. So really, like Mahomes was a leading rusher. So not only does that, you know, that, that that's that's Trey Smith's bread and butter, but that also just really doesn't help the pass protection in general when, you know, the, the Titans can just pin the ear backs and then go. And it was like Danico Autry, like, giving him the business. So it's not like... It's not like they're really doing anything clever, but, uh, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs are fucked right now. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, Smith's got to just kind of gear back up to what he was doing the first couple of weeks of the season, though. Um, yeah, the the Chiefs team just seems like you know uh, to be in a funk in general. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. I, I I had no idea what happened on Sunday. Like that was the worst performance from the Chiefs in a long time. It was so strange. Um, okay, for looks like a hit, because we, we should start splitting up Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase games. I shouldn't get both, you know? So I just, I didn't know where to put Kyle Pitts because he should have been an offensive rookie of the week candidate, but Jamar Chase had 200 yards. Kyle Pitts had eight targets, seven catches, 163 yards. The, the London breakout game, I mm-hmm. think, did a lot for instilling confidence in Pitts from Matt Ryan. Yep. Like, and I, I, I don't think it's going to slow down. Um, they were using him all over the place. He was playing uh, out wide. He, he was he was playing in the slot. Um, just the Dolphins couldn't handle the, the length and the speed. And, like, you can't put a linebacker on him you because he's just going to burn them. You can't put a corner or a safety really on him because he's too big. Like, it, it, it was, it was kind of goofy – <laughs> uh, just how open he is consistently getting. He the one thing too was he was using his size really well to create separation. Like he was playing physical football, which I think if you were to worry about one thing about him coming uh, as a generational talent at tight end coming out, would have been he's he was a little wiry. Yeah. Like how would he handle the the NFL size and strength? But he was bullying. Like he like the, the Dolphins were putting Eric Rowe on him a lot. <laughs> Um, and he was like bullying Eric Rowe. Uh, he had down the sideline. Uh, he lined up. This was his best play of the game. He he lined up um, out wide with Rowe one on one. And I guess the thought process of playing Rowe on him is Rowe is like a safety corner hybrid with size. Yeah. But he's not good, so I don't know. But uh, and, and Matt Ryan just saw the one on one, threw it up deep. Rowe was 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 holding Kyle Pitts's inside arm. And he hauled it in with his outside arm one-handed. And, like, that really just 
it was it was Kyle Pitts at Florida all over again. And I mean, they're playing they're in playing Florida. in Miami, so <laughs> yeah. it made sense. But it was just glorious. Like Pit, Pitts was basically looked like Julio Jones because they were playing him at wide mm-hmm. so much. And why not when you have a Hayden Hurst and a Lee Smith as your tight end one and two like. Play and Kyle no Pitts outside. Yeah. Oh, Calvin Ridley. Well, um, you know, outside of Ridley, yeah. Uh, Russell Gage. Uh, sure. More on Russell Gage cooked. Uh, but like Gage is your speed guy. Ridley's a ridiculous route runner. Kyle Pitts is your power forward receiver. Like they, they're just like he was running just open as a wide receiver. It was great. Um, he's he is awesome. Th- those are my like I think the two most exciting pa- rookie pass catchers in a long time. Like and, and the other thing is, Pitts had a bit of a slow start. Pitts is on pace. First of all, he's third in the league in receiving yards among tight ends, and he's on pace for over thirteen hundred yards now. Like he's doing everything that all those colossal yeah. expectations set and said he would do. Yeah, and I do totally think the big, maybe not the big change, but like one of the one of the big parts of the breakout is lining him out up outside. They weren't doing it early in the season, Mm-mm. and I didn't know why. And I kind of you know we talk about him. We, we talk about him pretty much every week, and um. That was a that was a frustrating thing for me, and like a lot of it was slot, some inline stuff. But now they finally figured it out to, to put them out wide at times, and yeah, I, I think it's it's coming together. And I agree with you; I don't think it's going to slow down. Um, who looks like a hit for you? So this is the person I alluded to earlier, uh, the SEC defensive lineman, uh, who I think is the New England Patriots' best rookie, and that's Christian Barmore. Uh, for the first time this year, Barmore led the Patriots defensive line in snaps against the Jets, played 66%. They moved him like all over the, all over the front, played some three, played some one, played some nose, and he's just been really productive for them. Um, yes, it's the Jets off the line. And this is another rookie on rookie matchup at times. Uh, but he had four pressures, two quarterback hits, uh, on the day. One play, he, he cooked AVT on a stunt for a pressure on Wilson early, kind of I don't know if they gave him the, the QB hit on this one, but he, he did kind of get his ankle as, as Wilson kind of threw the ball away. Uh, right before half, though, created another sack where um, he got to White and really made the play, and then he kind of just ran him into the arms of uh, another defender. Um, but not only getting it done as a pass rusher, had a really, really great play on a fourth and one where he just slanted down the line and was just too fast for the backside guard to pick up and uh, made the like went right through the B gap and made the tackle to prevent the first um, on, on Michael Carter. Um, had a few other like backside hustle stops. Just really impressive with his motor, his size, his athleticism. Um, some PFF stats for you. He's got the best pass rush win rate uh, percentage among rookie IDL, just over Osa Digizua. Uh, he has the third most pressures for a Pats IDL through seven weeks since 2006. He has 17 pressures already, and I think he's just kind of getting overshadowed because partly because of the position but also because of uh, Mac Jones's presence. You love to hear it. It's it like everywhere. It was looking like a miss for you, though, Rob. Uh, well, he's looking like a miss for all of us. You might have had him there last week. I don't know where to put him, but he sucked again. Liam Eikenberg. <laughs> he looked I bad did. against the Falcons. A Falcons edge group that isn't anything special, especially with Dante Fowler hurt. And he just, just doesn't look like he should be playing left tackle. He just doesn't like look athletic enough nor strong enough mm. really to be playing left tackle he also had two penalties one was declined but a false start and an ineligible downfield um i thought he was one of the safer tackle prospects in this class who could plug and play at right yeah. tackle he's playing left tackle because austin jackson's so bad at it 
But uh, Austin Jackson looked really bad, too. Oh, god um, damn it. <laughs> yeah, like, you kind of feel for Tua. I know Tua, people people are harping on Tua, but I don't know. That offensive line is really yucky, and he is a problem. Who is your miss? Drummond uh, Davis. Um, I'm not running him off yet at all, but he hasn't looked particularly good in the least. And, hey, I wasn't that high on him, but so this is more of a miss for Washington, but, but still. Um, he's starting to find his footing against the run, I think. He had a couple of nice fills. Um, actually, he played 55 of 56 snaps. That only resulted in four tackles, but and I think they're all against the run. Decent fills came down, like, like made some solid plays. But uh, he and, and Cole Holcomb were just completely exposed in coverage. I mean, like Nick Bolton, but Bolton at least made the plays against the run. But that's kind of been the the, the theme of the season for Jamin Davis, I think. Um, but it kind of came now where he's finally getting the snaps. Um, but, you know, him struggling through coverage, I don't think that's a surprise. I mean, like I just said, I thought he was overdrafted. But I did ultimately think he looked he, he landed in a really, really good spot. And we were talking about him as a contender for defensive rookie of the year, and I, I was right there with the rest of y'all. Um, and then, you know, the, the start of the year, the stamps weren't there. But now they're coming. And I, honestly, I think it's a good thing. It's a good idea to just to just let him work through the struggles and find his footing and – just let him get accustomed to the speed because you know he's got, he's got the athleticism. Um, was it was an ascending prospect, you know, only the the one year starter at, at Kentucky. Um, so I think just let him find his footing. But right now he he doesn't look like he's 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 there. Uh, don't draft linebackers high, unless yeah. they're Mike, unless they're Michael Parsons. Um, and even then, um, but do draft symbol. Because Symbol is the sports stock tra- stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide that the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Uh, but if you have questions, head on down to Spotify Green Room, where all your sports questions will surely be answered by someone who's going live on the audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. Shoot your questions. Start your own Spotify Green Room and ask questions. I don't care what you do. Just download the app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, and be notified when rooms go live. Okay, AJ. I didn't realize how long the show was going to go. Um... Because we spent so much time just talking about Jamar Chase, I think. Uh, I'm going to fire through my needs to step it up because I, I have a handful of guys. Uh, I thought Quiddy Pay once again was a pretty big non-factor oh against God, the 49ers. Hurt, Rob. Then why is he playing 73% of the snaps? Because <laughs> he's uh, a warrior. Here's one you'll agree with. Jalen Phillips, who we talked about last yeah. week, playing a lot of snaps, not doing a whole lot. His snap count went down tremendously. Like He, was, he played 24% of the snaps against Oof. the Falcons. And at one point, I was like, unsure if he was like just got hurt because he wasn't playing yeah yeah zero factor again uh also same same game both safeties uh who were day two picks javon holland had a big game but he also got burned deep by Mm -hmm. russell gage for that touchdown that was just bad positioning on his part yeah um he's looked good around the line of scrimmage he's made a couple impact plays though uh, Richie Grant uh, for the Falcons that ended up playing 79% of the snaps and he looked good around the line of scrimmage too cleaning up against the run and, and um, being a force player against the run but he was struggling when they were asking him to cover Mike Gesicki 
yeah, which I mean, yeah. Gesicki's having a great year, but he, is. he 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 struggled to locate football and, and win those 50-50 contested balls. But but like both of them, I just wanted to mention them because they both had good and bad moments, which is generally more good than bad when you're a rookie. Yeah, no, that's fair, and I, I'm just glad they're finally letting Richard Grant play. Mm-hmm. Who you got? I'm gonna just give you one, and it's kind of a weird one, and it's just a guy that like we haven't talked about, but I kind of wanted to bring him up in the past. So, in a shit week, I'm gonna bring him up here. Um, Anthony Schwartz, because there's like lots of opportunity in that that group of receivers right now. Uh, his usage has been like a bit hit and miss in terms of like there were stretches uh, in games or of games where they like they kept trying to get him the ball, and then it seems like they forgot that like, he's even on the team for other stretches, and that was really like all week one where like they they try to give him the ball a lot, and then they went away from it, and the last couple weeks they've been trying to mix him in a bit. Um, but they, he really hasn't given them a reason to remember him. Like, he's got, on the season, seven catches on 15 targets, 102 yards, 69 of those yards from week one, and uh, three carries for 12 yards, and his last two carries in the last two weeks went for negative yards, and he had one rush for 17 yards in week one. So it's like, I, I don't know if you remember week one uh, against the Chiefs, where they, they really tried to get him the ball, and it was like, I'm surprised, but okay, it was like interesting. And then they kind of went away, and it's he's still playing like around forty snap, forty percent snaps a game. Um, so nothing crazy, but like with the, you know, I mean Landry's back, but still with all the injuries at wide receiver and over the course of the season so far, and like no real effective Browns passing him obviously with Keenum in there now, especially. But um, it would just be really nice to see the Browns kind of go back to that week one idea, maybe not as heavy, but try to get him going with some design stuff, you know. I, I, they they completely went away from him and they're starting, but I don't know. It, it feels like when you drafted Anthony Schwartz, you had to have a plan. They kind of had one in week one, and then it disappeared. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, my not ready to play is undrafted rookie Jerry Jacobs for the Lions. <laughs> who Come on. Had his moments. He does, right? It's just not ready to play in terms of not ready to match up with Cooper Cup, which I think is a fair <laughs> statement. Yeah. Um, he also gave up a touchdown to Van Jefferson. He also had a nice pass uh, breakup um, when covering Cup. And he had a TFL. Like, uh, Jerry Jacobs is going to be a, a, a good player to have on your roster. It's just unfair to him that he has to handle these, these matchups right now. It's like it's him and like and AJ Parker. It's like I got I got more. Uh, AJ Parker is going to be my best undrafted rookie. Let's respect that so. Because I think AJ Parker's got some legit talent to be yeah. an NFL nickel. He he had a sweet. I might as well talk about him. Now. Yeah. He had a sweet pass breakup, uh, covering Higby, I think, and he looked good lining up over the slots. He he yeah. also like he gave up a couple to to Woods in, in, in Cup too, but who wouldn't in that situation? Like, both of those guys are NFL rosterable players. Yeah, no, it's cool that they're just letting them play their way through it, you know? Like, throwing them into the fire, and, you know, it's been due to some injuries, but obviously Jeff Okuda, first and foremost. But throwing them in the fire and, like, just saying, fuck it, let's find your footing, we suck, who cares, uh, bite some kneecaps, and they're not, like, they're giving up plays, but they're not playing as bad as they should be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, I got a funky one. I just want to bring him up because he saw his first action this season, and it's Dylan Radens, who, uh, after like Taylor Lewan's injury, they signed Bobby Hart off the street, and rather than give Radens the look at tackle, they've been starting Bobby Hart. Uh, so that's, right off the bat, is kind of a funky thing. And again, okay, so maybe you like him better at guard. So in this game, uh, both Roger Saffold and Nate Davis got banged up in different intervals, so Radens uh, ended up filling in for both of them. 22 snaps in total. Looked all right, honestly. I don't think it was bad. It was a lot of run blocking because they had the lead, but 
He didn't look bad at all run blocking. Uh, pass protecting, I think it needs a lot of work for sure. But um, I wanted to bring this up because this is more so like Tennessee. Like It just feels like they don't trust him at all really, right? So like they don't think he's ready to play apparently um, because they don't trust him. But then they also want him to, to fill in at both guard spots. And I know he struggled in the preseason and he hasn't been good. But it it feels like they, they're dealing with this poorly. So I kind of wanted to bring this up because I wanted to hear what your thoughts are on that. On what they should do with Raidens? Yeah, and how they're handling this so far. All right, well, they're playing so well that I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like the did anyone think they would beat the Bills? At one point this year, I thought they were a fraud team. Now they've beaten the Bills and the Chiefs. <laughs> they're weird. They're a weird team. Like I think right now you want to like Dylan Raidens to be your every man. Yeah. fill in spot up across the offensive line because I think he's a better fit for guard but yeah. I do th- think he he's probably their future starting right tackle yeah but that's why it's kind of weird that he didn't get first kick of the can at left tackle like they just signed Bobby Hart and put him there I don't know if that's a confident like you don't want to throw the rookie in there and maybe plus I mean what do you mean Bobby Hart started a ton of games in the league Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> um, okay, Rick, rookies who uh, better say best day three rookie. Uh, I'll throw two rookie, uh, day three rookie running backs at you who both ran for over for a hundred yards yeah, uh, in losing too. efforts. Is yours Elijah Mitchell? Yeah, it's Elijah Mitchell. Okay, him and Khalil Herbert, who are both Shanahan esque type running they backs are. with that one cut style. Yeah, Herbert did it again too, and again they got down by so much that like he was running into pretty light boxes. But, like, he looks really good. He just runs with a purpose. Yeah. He sees that cutback lane, and he hits it. And, and, and he's he he doesn't he's not breaking off huge runs or anything, but it's, like, consistent. Mm-hmm. Four, seven, ten. Like, it's a good back. And, and Elijah Mitchell is doing a very similar thing for the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, two missed tackles. 60 yards after contact. That's impressive. Um, 107 and 18. It is very similar to, to, to that. And... Like I said a couple weeks ago, I think he's better than Trey Sermon, at least right now. I think I think he's he's uh, like as long as he stays healthy, that's his job. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it totally is. He's, I mean, not only is he with a shanty, but like he's very very shanty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both been so great. I mean, it's it's like it sucks that Montgomery went down, and obviously I love Tariq Cohen, so it sucks that he's missed like the mm-hmm. last two seasons. But really fun that we've gotten to see Khalil Herbert thrive immediately. Um, rookies who flashed, I'll give you two receivers. Oh, wait, you have to use UDFA. I don't have a UDFA. I didn't think so. Because yeah. it's just a rotation of whether whoever gets the Lions or... game has one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rookies who flashed, uh, both Jalen Waddle and Rashad Bateman. Uh, Waddle, again, just really consistent go-to guy underneath for, um, for Tua. It's a lot of RPOs to Gesicki over yep. the middle or, or Waddle on the quick slant or... Quick outs to Waddle. He ended up with eight targets, seven catches for 83 yards. Nothing big. It was just like 11-yard gains. Yeah. I really hope they unleash him as a as a big play guy eventually, but I think that offense isn't there yet. My other one, Rashad Bateman had another nice performance. Uh, they lost, but three catches for 80 yards. Um, the first catch was um, a uh, just a, a kind of a sit-down in in the open hole of the zone off a play action or no, no it was an rpo but he sat down and found space picked up like 15 yards um and he he, he looks fast which i think yeah. is a big 
big thing. And and the other the his other big play was um they lined him up outside. Brandon Crosser, Lamar made a nice scramble throw, and he was wide open behind the secondary and picked up a huge chunk of yards. Um, last week it was him converting third downs for first downs, and this week it was big plays. Uh, he he his his final catch. He had six targets, but the first couple were like missed throws. Um, his final catch was another kind of crosser out of the slot where he just outran. They they had Logan Wilson on him. He just kind of outran him and picked up first down. But yeah, he looked great. I love Logan Wilson. Um, this Ravens offense with obviously Hollywood Brown. Yeah, he's got some of these these terrible drops, but making awesome plays as well. And Bateman coming uh, coming in healthy and catching on quick. It's a fun fun offense to watch. And obviously Lamar Jackson, but it's a fun fun offense to watch. I wish Dobbins was healthy and like everything was just clicking for this. O. and like the offensive line was better. Like you know what I mean. But they'll, they'll mm-hmm. get back there. Um, I mentioned Rondell Moore I had here earlier, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with his teammate, uh, Zayvon Collins on the other side of the football. Uh, played his highest percent of snaps so far this year. Uh, was only 58%, and I had him for rookie who flashed. He wasn't flashy, flashy. He's just really solid. Solid against the run. Uh, surprisingly, I'll, I've talked to him multiple linebackers already who can't cover the pass. He is already solid against the pass. Um, he's just really not caught out of position. Um, even like when I've seen him bite on play action a few times, he, he's doing a really good job of just getting back into position. Um, he's around the ball a fair amount. He's not making... Every play on the football, he only had four tackles in this game, but he's around the ball. And um, one thing, not to the negative, but one thing I w- really, but one thing I will say is they don't do anything fun with him yet. And he was so good at blit at blitzing at Tulsa, and I haven't seen the Cards do that with him at all. He's been so solid, but it's almost boring, like because he doesn't play like a shit ton. He's just been really solid. But I want to see them like get funky with him, and like as I hope they would. But I mean, they're winning, so like it's hard to give them shit for it but just as a selfish person who does a podcast about rookies i want to see it um okay a couple out of nowhere rooks uh jalen morgan in the start at left tackle for the 49ers against the colts and i didn't think he played a bad game yeah i agree um jalen darden had a 43 yard punt return and then they used him uh in a a gadgety way at 11 yard run it's fun to I'm see. Just, uh, it's just cool. I didn't think he would play any snaps in that receiver room, but it was cool to see him on the field. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Quincy Roche, who I didn't even know was on the Giants after the Steelers cut him. He, he played 36% of the snaps against the uh, Panthers, and he had a big TFL. Again, that offensive line was horrible, but yeah. Um. Okay, uh, this guy's not out of nowhere, but it was shocking to see Elijah Moore making a couple of plays because I mentioned earlier that uh, he had that quick hitter where he broke a tackle. It was a really impressive broken tackle, too. Got the first down. Uh, then he had a rushing touchdown. That's what I really wanted to talk about. He had a rushing touchdown. 17 yards on a really neatly designed reverse play where they kind of tossed it back to him. Then just lots of space, turned on some wheels, followed his blocks, got into the end zone. It really like it wasn't a lot, but it, it felt like maybe this is the game where he starts finding his footing. And that offense is a disaster um, from top to bottom, but... They really got to do more of this stuff and get Elijah Moore going because the two times that he had the ball in his hands in this game, he looked dangerous, and I just want to see more of it. More, more, more. Um, my start the rook is a guy who's effectively is a starter already, but I just wanted to mention him somewhere. Adi Ogundeji for the Falcons, the the Notre Dame edge, um, who in the first handful of weeks didn't play more than 33 percent of the snaps ever 
then last week played like two week two games ago played fifty four percent of the snaps and played seventy one percent against the Dolphins and he's just he kept chasing back down plays backside and he just his motor was on fire the Falcons pass rush isn't great but he uh, he was providing a little juice up front for them and I, I think he's a guy when your season is a wash and you don't have anyone really worth starting on the edge especially yeah. if Fowler done uh, Ogun Deji should just play starter snaps all year um yeah no i agree with you and um my guy plays a lot but i want to see him getting the the bulk here uh Jermonte williams who i think coming into the season is a guy we thought we would talk a lot about on this podcast and we really haven't because melvin gordon is still out snapping him 60 40 and mm-hmm. he hasn't been amazing by any means but he neither has gordon and he's been better than gordon um, and we see him get get some stuff done in the passing game this week. He had yeah. six catches, caught a touchdown. Um, so I'm I'm really asking him to get the sixty percent share, right? And to me, I know it's a cliche, but he really does seem like that type of he gets better as the game goes on type yeah. of running back. He can wear you down. Yeah, where you can wear you down. He, you know that 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 sixty forty virtually split with Michael Carter last year worked so well. So you don't have to race Gordon's presence in this offense. Just give him that sixty, and maybe we're just or waiting just to see 50, it. Just go 50-50 even, or just even. Just yeah, give him more even. touches is really all you're pleading for. At this point. Exactly, especially when they got nothing going in the passing game. Yeah, for real. Well, we did it. We got through the worst week of football. It was like not a bad week for rookies, really. Great podcast. This, honestly, we did the most we could with the content the NFL gave us. <laughs> I heard fans of the show were wondering if we weren't going to hit an hour tonight. So I'll just say that. But we did it. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.